I don't want to hurt peanut butter's feelings. But when I just said lay it on thick, I had a visual of the bread mm-hmm. and the peanut butter and it just really being laid on thick. Yeah, I get that. And you can't do the jelly too thick because then it'll like seep through the bread and then, you know, bread's not meant to withstand that much liquid. Some bread. Uh, probably the healthy bread. I'm thinking white. I'm thinking uh, yeah. white enriched, bad for you, lots of chemicals and like, preservatives. Like Mrs. Barrett's. Like, mm-hmm. or like, or like the, from where I grew up, bunny bread. Bunny bread or bunny Ro- bread. Roman meal. You're a Roman meal. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think of the bunny or sunbeam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sugar in a bag. Yeah. Basically. It's so good. <laughs> and delicious. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. You know what's interesting? So we went to a candy shop mm-hmm. in Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. All the can- good candy, freaky candy. Like there was the dill pickle cotton candy. The the biscuits and gravy popcorn. That's weird. They had Dr. Pepper jelly beans. Amazing. And then guess what sign they had over the counter where you checked out? Was it... Uh, I, no. Was it, it something about your teeth? <laughs> no. Rotting? No. It was sunbeam bread. <laughs> oh, really? Interesting. It, I mean, mm-hmm. sugar in a bag. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I feel like... So I feel like the peanut butter and jelly, this is going to be controversial. Are oh, you ready? Gosh. I feel like the peanut butter and jelly thing is dependent on what kind of a peanut butter person you are. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, because there are differences. Because crunchy peanut butter mm-hmm. is a lot more tolerable to me in high quantities than smooth. Because of the crunch. Because of the crunch. Yeah, agreed. But then you have people that are like, crunchy peanut butter is so gross. And I'm like, <gasps> oh. you're... Weird. Yeah, I like crunchy. So do I. So like I'm glad ice cream we agree too. on that. I that know. makes me happy. It it's sort of it's sort of making me forget the sweet potato situation. I don't like sweet potatoes because <laughs> we're probably going to put this in the podcast. It's going to be funny. So I don't I don't understand that. But because you like crunchy peanut butter, it's okay. I'm feeling like I can do tradesies with that situation. That being said, what about like ice cream? Do you do like plain vanilla or do you, I like crunch in my ice cream as well i don't like, necessarily like crunch i don't mind there being things in chunks? the ice cream um i like ice cream with fruit like my favorite oh, ice cream right boy. now is cherry vanilla from bluebell it's amazing I um i like i i'd like i don't like like nuts in my ice cream like i don't like what? walnuts in there i don't know it's too much work no for, for who for my teeth for no. like crunching down no i don't like that i don't it's just not Come my thing on. it's not my thing um, now if the crunch is like a little bit of like, like, uh, Reese's peanut butter cup or, okay. or Reese's pieces, if that's in mm. there, I can do that all day. I like the pieces. Mm-hmm. I like, I like peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I like M&M's, the Reese's pieces. I just feel like, eh, something off there. Something amazing I think it's that, there. No. Yeah. They're amazing. Just you and E.T. just go home. That's fine. <laughs> I'll eat all the Reese's Pieces. That's fine with me. Okay. I don't need to eat them in community. I don't care. I'll take oh my, my Reese's gosh, Pieces wow. and my no sweet potatoes and go home. That'll be great. Whatevs. And this is over. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
Ready to podcast? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Hi, Hi Nikki. <laughs> Hello, James. How are you? I'm good. I'm good too. Um, I am. Uh, it's, it's spring break. I'm excited that it's spring break. Yes. It's beautiful weather outside. The weather's really nice. The weather's really nice. It's um, perfect for us here in Central Texas. I would imagine if we were on a beach, mm-hmm. like the beach people who do the spring break, it'd probably be too cold. Hopefully, it's not this temperature there. Hopefully for them, you it's make in, a good point. You make in, a good point. Hopefully for them, it's in like the mid eighties, and I there's a nice breeze. And assume that they're getting a tan. We're close enough. Do you, do you, south to? Do you like the beach? Yes, I'm not like oh, let's stay there for a month. Okay, like a week is good. I like the beach if there's a pool close by because the sand's an issue for me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I like the beach to be very functional. So how so? So if like I'm, a high functioning beach. If I'm going to the beach, I like to know that there's like, there's going to be, I'm like, and this is kind of maybe goes against what you know about my personality. If I'm going to be with other people at the beach, I want to know that there's like a barbecue going on. Mm, if like, we're not going to just sit there. If we're, if I'm just going to the beach randomly, like on my own, then I can kind of like take my time and do this and kind of walk around the beach and do things I want. But like, if there's a bunch of other people, I want to know that there's something to do and maybe a place where my, I can get my feet unsandy for like huh. a few minutes, you know, at a time. Like I like, I like that, but You're I really, funny. but I grew up really, really loving the beach. I grew up close to the beach and spending a lot of time on the beach. And so. And now you're an old man. Now I live in the middle of Texas and there's no beach to be had anywhere. I am an old man. I'm Thank you. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, really... this whole persnickety thing with, there has to be something to do. There does. Yeah. I like, I like, so you don't like just, okay. So if you were going just you without the whole, the people with the barbecue, do you just like bring a chair and read a book or, um, or, or do you have the buckets and the, you build in the sandcastle? No, if I'm by myself, I'm just going and like parking my car and taking my dogs and like going for a nice long walk. Okay. But on the hard pack of the beach. Yeah. 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 Don't do the soft stuff. That'll yeah, kill you. Yeah. Calves and yeah. shins. Mm-hmm. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. You know what? I think my calves and shins hurt just thinking about that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's really hard to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. My calves and shins hurt because Christine made me run with her Ouch. a couple days ago and I haven't recovered. That's tough. I just haven't been running. I've been yeah. working out, but I just haven't been running. And it was like not the most fun. Hmm. Yeah. Old. Old. Yeah. I have blisters from walking. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's kind of sad because that's not even strenuous. No, it's okay. I mean, it's all right. It happens. Don't be sad. Thanks. It is. It's fine. Appreciate it. You're welcome. I got the participation award. Yeah. Um, What are we talking about today? Mm, Guilt. Guilt. Are we both uh, trying to pretend that we're not going to talk about that today a little bit? It's a little... It feels like... um, yeah, do ball you, of wax. Do you feel bad about it? I feel guilty about it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um, yeah, guilt is is tough. I think for uh, for everyone. I think it's particularly tough right now in the life of the church. And I think in a lot of ways it goes um, maybe not a little bit, maybe not unnoticed. That's the wrong word, but it, it kind of um, we don't realize that we're perpetuating guilt mm. and that we're participating in it when we are. And then I think on top of that, we don't realize that it's a choice to do that. 
Yeah, um, I feel like I, that feels enlight, enlightening. Yeah, that that guilt. There's that choice. Guilt doesn't have to be a part of your everyday experience. Um, I feel like I'm how how because I it seems like it is. Well, we're, I, I'd love to talk about it. I, I think that's kind of what we're um, what we've been you know planning to discuss for today in the in the planning that we've done, and that that you know one thing we kind of realize is that guilt is a big topic. Mm-hmm. It's a big can of worms. Um, and it's a can of worms that I think, uh, when it gets open, when that conversation gets open, I think it means different things to different people, Mm. Uh, depending on your circumstances, your, your situation, depending on your, um, your history with the church, with God, with Mm -hmm. other people that represent God to you, with your parents, with, you know, any, anyone who's had any kind of influence on your life, any event that's had any kind of influence on your life, um, probably impacts you in some way through guilt or shame or something. Right. And, and not even things that are necessarily bad. Like we all kind of process that, um, that emotion, that feeling differently. And I think that we all also, again, we all kind of buy in, we all kind of have a choice as to whether or not to buy in or how much to buy in Mm. to, participating in guilt and to kind of happen if we're aware. Exactly. And kind of letting us, uh, you know, um, we, we, we let ourselves be influenced by that emotion, Mm. uh, pretty, pretty substantially in life. Um, the, the thing that comes to mind for me Mm. immediately is, is this, and, and maybe it's a good place to start, uh, for our, our ragamuffins and for us too, um, is this idea of Catholic guilt, Mm -hmm. right? And, sort of this notion that guilt is the the thing that motivates us to continue to be maybe not disciples but to be to continue to be religious mm-hmm. right and, and motivates and unites us yeah yeah um and i think sometimes we get we get our guilt and our our suffering confused mm. um we get our guilt and our obligation confused mm. we get our guilt and maybe even like our desire wow it feels confused. a little bit like we're, you're splitting hairs is it or like it, or not splitting hairs, untangling things that I might have lumped together okay. or not realized that yeah. they were even the same? Yeah, and honestly, the only reason I'll I'll tell you why I um why I I kind of see it that way, and that's because in 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 therapy one time they um uh, we were basically doing art therapy and we had to draw an emotion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, and I drew shame and it's interesting. We were talking about the beach. Um, I drew like a little cartoon of me and there was like this beautiful sunset and all this cool stuff going on and people building a sandcastle and like fun happening. And then, um, the little cartoon of me was like buried in the sand and there was this big, uh, like in big block letters, it just said shame really big. And shame was like, getting in between wow. my view or my experience of fun, right. Oh, wow. And, and me. Right. And it just kind of like popped out. And I remember my counselor, my therapist being like, like, we need to, we need to talk about that. And so we kind of unpacked shame and guilt a little bit and how I, I have a tendency to, to have these, these other emotions, these other feelings. Uh, and this is just me speaking anecdotally. I tend to let shame and guilt color those things. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I'm like, you know, if I get uh, an attaboy at work, if someone says, Hey, you did a really great job on this and here's, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a pat on the back or a bonus or something like that. Um, my brain has a tendency to go, yeah, but what Mm -hmm. about the 
10 other things you didn't do right. You right. poop on it. I poop huh? on it. My, yeah, all, all on my own. And I think sometimes mm. um, we kind of collectively apply the same thing with guilt to our, to our religious life, right? And, yeah. And, you know, I, I know that there are people out there that um, maybe they have that mindset that we've talked about before of, well, well, you know, God could never forgive me, or maybe I've got... I've got so much baggage that I can't go back to church or, mm-hmm. or there's so much of a disconnect that I can't really have a relationship with God anymore. Um, and the thing is like our God, our God really only needs us to make a return to him for whatever's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he, he doesn't like he'll, as soon as we invite him in kind of in the moment, he'll, he'll be there. Mm-hmm. And in fact, he's already there. He's just kind of waiting for us to do that. Right. And, and the stuff that's like, in our past, he, he wants us to, to move on from it. And that's what, that's what reconciliation is, Mm -hmm. right? Like being, uh, being Catholic or being Christian is not about lamenting all the mistakes you've made in the past, kind of in this relationship with God. It's not that it's actually like accepting how much God loves you and living from that truth of your lovableness, mm. right? Your, your ability yeah. to be loved and, and God's willingness to love you, right? It's only through that, that love of God that we mm. really experience everything that life is about, right? And that we yeah. can really experience a, a full life. And yet, you know, we spend so much time thinking, well, I've, I've got a, or, or, or maybe, maybe it's an old mind, mindset. Maybe it's a mindset that our listeners have heard like in their families or something, I've got to pray the rosary because, you know, because I feel guilty about something, Mm. right? Because I'm motivated by some imperfection or some, Mm -hmm. you know, this idea that I have about myself where I'm not good enough. So I've got to, I've got to do this every day or I've got to, um, you know, I've got to be extra penitent or I've got to be extra sad. Like right now during Lent, that's a big thing is like, I've got to be extra extra guilty. Yeah. Like, can we talk about feeling guilty about being joyful mm-hmm. during sorrowful times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, have you experienced that? Yeah, for sure. I tend to be happy go lucky and it's, I feel like I need to tamper it down some with, you know, uh, in liturgical seasons or dependent on whom I'm around, Yeah, you know, cause yeah. I don't want I, I don't want my joy to, uh, what, what, what do I not want it to do? Tempt them into being more remote? Is it? Rem- what <laughs> to be more, um, maybe, I mean, maybe you don't want your joy to alienate people. Yeah. Right? Because I always have this little idea. Mm-hmm. That I could be perceived as uh, clueless mm-hmm. because of my joy, mm-hmm. which is, I'm confident that my joy is not because I'm not aware. It's because I am aware. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people who, uh, I think there is a hesitation in the world to sort of employ to like live out those, those gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit, mm. uh, for the positive things that they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I do, I do think there's a, a certain feeling in the world that if someone is too, and I'm as talk about guilt, I'm as guilty of this as anybody else. If someone is too happy or someone is too like 
just too joyful, too much. I'm turned off by that. Yeah. Right. Little and eye rolls, huh? Yeah. And that's coming from such a, um, kind of this fragile, like narcissistic place of, of not, you know, not, uh, of not being very comfortable with my own happiness or mm. not being very comfortable with my own, like maybe with, maybe with God's desire for me to be happy. <gasps> yeah. Right. God, like, God, I don't deserve that kind of thing. You know, yeah, that c- brings to mind, you know, there's this little tagline that um, Dave Ramsey says where it's like, you know, how you doing? I'm better than I deserve. Mm-hmm. And I said that one time to guess who, when Sister Renee asked me, how you doing? I said, oh, better than I deserve better than I deserve. And she like lit into me and she's like, what are you talking about? You're the daughter of the king. And, da, da, da. and I was like, uh, oh, oh man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now I I've feel really it. bad. <laughs> Sister Renee. Thank you. I don't you. have a clue. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we definitely, I think, um, uh, jump into that kind of snowball thinking, right. Where, yeah. where things just, things just kind of take off. And, and for some reason, um, human beings, I think kind of, you know, we focus on the negative. We focus mm-hmm. on the one thing that is maybe out of our control. Right. And, and if it's something, you know, in very practical terms, if it's a sin you committed 10 years ago, the commission of that sin is no longer within Why? your control. Like, right. like there's nothing you can do about on? it. All you can do is, is give it to God and try to let go and, and try to, you know, to move on from it. And, you know, that's, that to me, like brings us to kind of some truth about guilt, which is that God doesn't, you know, we've, we've talked about the last couple of episodes, like God, um, he, 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 like, we have to kind of give him his place in our lives. We have to give him the authority of being God and, and the privilege of being God in our lives. We also have to give him the privilege of being the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think just like that truth that you're the daughter of the King and, and you are, are, you know, you're privileged to be living the blessed life that you're living. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's hard. I think that's hard to kind of settle into, uh, especially on a, like a daily basis, right? It is. Um, it's it's hard to, it to practice that. It does too. carry some responsibility, and it also um, maybe highlights this idea that uh, we we give guilt a lot of leeway in our lives. We give mm. like guilt is kind of a comfortable thing, and yeah. and really guilt is not supposed to be the place where we stay, right? It's supposed to be this tool that kind of sends up a red flag, sends up a signal that, that something is wrong mm-hmm. and that hopefully that's going to motivate us to be reconciled with God, to be, to be going to God okay. for forgiveness. It's like a feedback situation. Exactly. It's like, oh, I see mm-hmm. this, I see this signal. Maybe even I, I, I mean, we feel guilt in our bodies, yeah, right? Maybe sure. even I feel this thing in my body. Um, what's kind of, what is, what is on my mind? What's on my heart? What's mm-hmm. in, you know, maybe something I've let into my life that is, getting in the way of my relationship with God and how can I go back to him or mm. even if it's not our relationship with God, like what's the thing that I've done to my best friend? What's yeah. the thing that I've done to my spouse or my kid or whatever that I need to, I need to rectify yeah. that I need to fix. Um, and I think it's supposed to be this really healthy motivator. Again, I'm not a, a therapist and, and neither are you, but I think in, in our lives, it's kind of like, okay, well, obviously this has a purpose right? This emotion, this feeling has a purpose, right? But how is it trying to protect me? How is it trying to protect me? But do I get so wrapped up maybe in that idea of protection that I, I just stay there. Yeah. Right. I I don't want to, to take that vulnerable step of, of dealing with Mm. it. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's what, 
when I think of um, the responsibility that comes with acknowledging the blessings, mm-hmm. that's why it's comfy to stay ignorant, right? For sure. For sure. And I think that plays into our... My guilt doesn't feel good, but that ignorance of acknowledging these blessings and, and it's a call to action. Sure. Sure. And I, and I think that plays right into sometimes our hand as Catholics where we have kind of this, there's, there's our personal guilt and then there's like this institutional sort of feeling that we should be sorrowful or sad for the things that we've, mm. we've done right in this, in this overly maybe unnecessary way. And that, that like that unnecessary way, that kind of unnecessary practice of like lamenting, right. Mm-hmm. Or of being, maybe being like pitied by others or pitying Mm -hmm. others. Like it's this whole kind of, again, like feedback loop, right. Um, that gets to be really comfortable. Right. And even like, and if you stop and it's weird, but if you stop and think about it, like if you're in a situation where you feel like, uh, you feel guilty, so you're not going to church because you think people are judging you. It's like those people judging, if they're judging you, they're judging you because that makes them feel more comfortable with Mm. themselves. You're, um, staying away from the church or being kind of turned off because it's more comfortable to do that and to kind of feel guilty than it is to face that mm. scrutiny or yeah, maybe yeah. to face what you have to do to be reconciled. I think guilt uh, hides itself as comfort um, and shame mm. hides itself as comfort in our lives a lot, like disguises itself a lot uh, in that in those ways. And you know, if we've if we've talked about anything ad nauseum on this podcast. It's that God wants an encounter with you. Yeah. And I don't, I can't think of a, of an encounter in my life with God where even if it's just in simple prayer, where I've ever gotten the impression that God wants me to feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Like he, he wants, you know, me to feel ashamed. I think he recognizes that I am guilty of, of whatever yeah. I've done. Right. I am guilty. But that feeling of guilt, kind of, kind of wallowing in that place, God doesn't want that. That's not how and he, he wants works. to, he wants to get rid of that as quickly as possible. And for some reason, I don't let him, <laughs> you know, right. right? It, it, it becomes a, this really sort of like back and forth with him where I, I have this opportunity to kind of let that stuff go. And for some reason I don't. You're like, no, 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 no. I got it, God. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. And he's like, no, I've been telling you okay. for like, for like weeks it. that you don't got it. Right. Nope. I got it. Yeah. And you're persistent and you're all, maybe is it like a pride thing? I think so. You know, we, I think we so. want to hold on to our funk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all so weird, right? It is weird. It is weird. Because when we talk it out like right now and take all the, the camouflage stuff away, mm-hmm. it's like, why in the world would we allow the guilt and shame to hold any power over us. Sure. But we do. And it's like comfy to do it. It is. Yeah. Um, Hmm. And I I think that concept of it being powerful in our lives, I think is really important. Um, now that you say that, because we, we do have a tendency, I think to, we know that we're not in control. So we have a tendency to gravitate, mm. like like in our core, we know we're not in control. In our heart of hearts, we know that we're not in control. So we have a tendency to gravitate towards the illusion of control. It's like a last ditch effort. Yeah. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm, I'm going to hold on to this because it's something to hold on to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it doesn't feel like the free fall of, 
laying it all at his feet and yeah. letting him boss our life around. Yeah. And, you know, um, so like so often, I think I've been in that position in my relationship with God or even in, even just in relationships with other people, my relationship with myself, where it's like this, this thing, whatever it is in my life that I'm struggling with or this relationship that I'm struggling with or whatever block that I'm having from, you know, accomplishing the next thing or whatever. Um, it almost kind of be, becomes like the obstacle there kind of becomes this, um, it becomes a crutch. It becomes like mm. this thing to kind of hide behind and this thing to kind of blame for, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever I'm, for, for, for however I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I think guilt is an essential part of that because guilt kind of the, the, the lie of guilt is that, or maybe the lie of shame, um, when we let it get out of control is that, you know, it's, it's not, it, it no longer becomes, um, it, it, it's no longer just, I've done a bad thing or I've struggled with something. It's, I am bad mm-hmm. or I'm not, I'm not, maybe I'm not worth this struggle, mm-hmm. right? Maybe I'm not worth, you know, fixing whatever this is. And the thing about, you know, it's like in one of my favorite movies, like Goodwill Hunting, when Robin Williams says, you know, well, that's a, that's a great way to go through life. Well, never really having to get to know anybody, yeah. right? When we live behind that veil of guilt and shame, not only do we not have to get to know God, mm-hmm. right? We can kind of keep God at bay, but guilt and shame also hide us from ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and they, they allow us to very comfortably believe that we're not worth fixing that maybe mm-hmm. we're incapable of being fixed. Maybe we're incapable of fixing ourselves or if, right. Like really kind of taking those steps. Um, it's interesting, you know, to kind of go back to this idea of like quote Catholic guilt, uh, that, that I think is like the, the kind of the group think mindset of a lot of Christians, mm-hmm. of maybe, you know, you could label the Catholic church at different times that, that because we are, you know, quote unquote, such great sinners and such terrible people that we deserve these feelings of terribleness mm-hmm. all the time, even through our religious sort of, you know, whatever we're doing, right. Our, our, our religious sensibilities, um, we deserve to feel bad for who we are. Well, and then like having the crucifix of Christ crucified, hanging in the church, I feel guilty all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like if I wasn't so bad, you wouldn't have had to have done that. Mm-hmm. But even if you were just a little bad, he still would have done it. And I, and I, and it's hard for me to accept that. Even so one of the, one of the things that makes me, um, without wanting to cover up with a big blanket of sure, shame and shame. Guilt, yeah. You know, yeah. One to of kind of protect me. One of the things that makes me feel a little more connected to the church and a little more, um, therefore a little more vulnerable is thinking about it. And I don't remember who said this, some Catholic writer or saint or someone holy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <damn>. Yeah. <laughs> said, even if, even if it were just one person, right. Even if it were just one of us um, that needed to be saved, that had sinned and had, you know, been kicked out of Eden Jesus still would have come and been crucified by yeah. that one person, and that, right? I, I feel that's so heavy. It is really heavy, but to me, um, and, and maybe this is a different, uh, you know, maybe this is not 
I don't know. I don't know if this is the right way to think about it or not. To me, there's a lot of freedom in that too, because that means that all of that stuff is so much more about God's love for me than it Mm. is my distrust of God. Okay. Right. Like, like it does, I guess my selfish nature makes it about me. Yeah. But I think that's the nature of sin, right? The nature of sin is to, is to, I mean, even, even in like the, the, you know, the garden of Eden, like the devil is kind of already kind of setting the groundwork, laying the groundwork for, you know, this kind of influential conversation where he, he makes sin a, um, just a much more attractive thing. Yeah. It's it's not blaringly bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's like, you know, is like at its fundamental core, like sin is this separation from God. It's, it's, it's kind of living apart from this life that God has planned for us. And so, um, when the, when the kind of the devil comes along and twists that and turns it and makes it attractive, I think we have a tendency to, um, to not only like be attracted to it, but also to, to let it become bigger in our lives Mm. than our relationship with God. I see you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So the things that that. we, the things that we struggle with, like they kind of overwhelm our relationship with Mm. God. They, they drown out that conversation and what's so beautiful about our God is in the garden of Eden, God is immediately giving us a solution, right? He is immediately pining for us to like, to come back Mm -hmm. to him. He's immediately Mm -hmm. saying like, who, who told you that you, you know, like, like tell me about this conversation you had with the devil. Like who told you that you wouldn't die when you ate this fruit or, or, or who, you know, who, who, who made you do these things? Who persuaded you to do these things? And it's not out of this place of like necessarily wrath, right? It's out of this place of him knowing that that it's up to him to fix it and knowing that that's his place and knowing that he is going to come save us and giving us that Mm. opportunity to allow him to save us. Why is it? uh, I feel like it's so hard to accept. I don't know. know. Like I even think of like, um, when we go back home and my parents like do the whole act as if the prodigal son's returning type thing, you know, and, and have all the food and all the things. And my first thought, like there's gratefulness. And then there's also, Oh, why did you do all this for me? Mm -hmm. And I feel bad. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. Um, I think, I think there's an inherent, I, I, I think our, you know, and, and I'm stealing this from father Mike Schmitz, our, our first sin is, as much as it's pride, it's, it's distrust. Mm. We, we want, you know, we, we just, we just really, really struggle to believe God when he says he loves us. We really, really Mm. struggle to believe God when he says, you know, I love you so much and I'm not going to hurt you. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to do anything that's going to be bad for you. Right. And, um, he never has. He's never, I mean, he's never, he's never done, he's never done anything. I mean, even, you know, if you, if you interpret it as this, this wrathful God of the Old Testament, everything that he does in the Old Testament is to bring us back to him. Mm. Everything is kind of ordered in that direction. And 
the reason he wants us to come back to him is to be with him in heaven, in the Garden of Eden, to experience paradise, that this paradise we were made for from the beginning of time. It's just always grace. It's always mm. this gift of, of this really unique and powerful and infinite love um, that I think most of us spend most of our lives trying to fabricate. We spend most of our oh. lives trying to synthesize, right? And, and, huh. you know, this, this, um, mm. the sense of guilt or shame or, or, you know, feeling of unworthiness because of our sinfulness or because of that separation from God, it's almost like, um, you know, you, you put it really, really, really nicely. It is kind of this camouflage mm. of, of evil, this really kind of comfortable hidden place where we say, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to gloss over all of my stuff with this guilt and guilt feels awful. Right. But I don't think it feels as bad as dealing with my stuff would feel. So I'm, I'd yeah. rather just hang on to the guilt. Well, it's got to, cause the trade off, right? Mm-hmm. Like we would, we would trade it out and deal with our stuff if it didn't feel so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not even feel so good. If, saying that is not true, but comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, comfortable in the sense that it's not rocking the boat. Exactly. Right. The boat has this huge hole in it, and it's exactly. sinking, but it's not rocking. It's, and and I can swim, so I'll be fine. Right. And I'm lazy. And I'm lazy. I don't want to fix it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know. Darn it! I can't believe I just admitted I was lazy. That's okay. I'm <laughs> One does that make you feel guilty? It does. <laughs> it does. I'm an able-bodied person. I shouldn't be so lazy, but I am. Um, one of our, Guilty is charged. one of our, uh, um, kind of thoughts coming into this was, okay, so how do we, how do we then encourage people to, to maybe use the guilt that we feel in a positive way? Because as that feedback that it's designed for. Exactly. Yeah. As this gift. Like that if it's we can't get for. rid of it, mm-hmm. how do we use it in the positive? And I, and I think, uh, constructive. Th- thinking about that, I, I have like a, like if that's tough for you to kind of be um, less hard on yourself and to interpret your own guilt as maybe a sign that you need to work on some things. Um, I'm, I'm going to suggest that uh, instead you focus on how do you, how do you think about other people, right? How do you think about other people? So um, if there's someone in your family, maybe that isn't living their life, a particular way or, or the quote, quote unquote, right way. Right. Or they're, they're doing, you know, certain things that are, um, I don't know, bad, sinful, wrong, whatever, Not whatever you want to call them it. in their pursuit to get to heaven yeah, someday. Exactly. Right. If you find yourself, um, looking at that action, looking at that lifestyle and really, really, really like judging. And I mean, judging beyond, you know, Hey, Nikki, I've noticed this is going on in your life. I I really want to talk to you about it, right? Like we should, we should all be so lucky to have that friend that's willing to have a conversation with us. Um, but we also know that there's, you know, sometimes when we go to church on Sundays and it's not just the Catholic church, it's everywhere. There's, you know, someone in the corner judging what everybody's wearing, judging, you know, whatever, who everybody's walking in with judging, you know, whatever can be judged just by looking, right. Or just by assuming they're judging those things. 
I think a, a really, really good exercise for us to be able to get over our own guilt is to be able to get over what we perceive as other people's guilt too. Mm. And and that's to, odd. to really, really try to let that stuff go because, uh, I mean, if for no other reason than Jesus let it go. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus really, really, really... Um, in, in scripture, there are so many times when he interacts with people and he gives them the opportunity to, to just let go of their guilt. And he, mm. he kind of sees through all that stuff. He sees like the, the man Gosh, born, so good. the man born blind, you know, and, and all of the other, all the other disciples or all of the other witnesses there are kind mm-hmm. of standing around and saying, you know, how, how great was his parents sin that he was right? born blind. And Jesus Gosh. is like, what are you guys talking about? Like, <laughs> like this guy's blind and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show He's you off. how much God loves him by <laughs> restoring his sight. Right. And, and, you know, to our, to our, um, to our, our savior's credit, that glory like comes through that person. Like it, 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 it obviously comes through Christ, but this person who is so like ridiculed and is seen by everybody else in his community as guilty, mm-hmm. right? By the end of that story, he's like testifying before so the Sanhedrin yeah, saying like, Jesus is the son of the, like, like the son, the Messiah essentially yeah. cured me. Right. And, and having this, this beautiful moment as like yeah. a, like a, like testifying to his relationship with God. That's kind of the power of, of giving someone else the, respect that they deserve mm. as a unique child of God, no matter what they might yeah. be struggling with. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think that when, when I hear that word, like testimony, like someone giving their testimony, it's kind of, um, that in a mm-hmm. nutshell, like, um, looking at your hardships, sinful nature, whatever it may be that mm-hmm. you're struggling with and then how God redeems that mm-hmm. and then sharing it because we all need to learn from each other For and sure. then give God the glory of the situation of that redemption. Exactly. And, and we, and it, we can take it a step further and say, okay, if, if you can do that for your neighbor, why can't you do it for yourself? Why can't you do it? You why know? do I think that I'm above all that? Yeah. Not above it even. Sometimes I'm just so hard on myself sure. that I'm like, I don't have anything to share. You know, if I can, if I can look at that, at that, um, you know, maybe that, that homeless person or maybe that disabled person and see the fullness of Christ in that person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not see their, you know, not be like the, 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 the crowd in that story. That's like, right. what did, what did that person's parents do? Dang, or what did they do they to deserve that, that life? They must yeah. have really messed up, you know, then, then why can't we do that in our own lives? Why, yeah. why can't we say, you know, okay, the things that I'm guilty of, I'm guilty of those things and those things happened in the past and there's nothing I can do to change that, but I can give that emotion away and put that emotion away and allow God to move me forward. Mm, Yeah. Right. I I can see myself as this, um, this, this child of God that, that, you know, deserves mercy and deserves love and deserves, um, this happiness that comes in a, in a full and complete relationship with God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that would, that's kind of the first thing is like, okay, if you're, if you're having trouble with your own guilt, look around mm-hmm. and, and see, and I don't want to, I don't want to like patronize anyone, but see how easy it is. Like look around and really see how easy it is to just see the good in someone. Right. Because it's at, it's at least as easy as seeing all the bad stuff. It might be 
even easier a lot of times to see the good in someone, to see where someone yeah. is really trying in their life or see where someone is really succeeding uh, or is really blessed mm-hmm. or whatever. And then turn that same lens on your own heart, turn that same yeah. lens on your own imperfections, you know, yeah. and give yourself, give yourself a break. Well, and when you say that, yeah, I'm t- completely thinking of myself in the parental role mm-hmm. and how I see my kids when they're struggling or, um, you know, when, when they do things that are not in line with them getting to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it is so much easier for me to extend compassion and grace and, um, share with them what I know from God Mm -hmm. to, to get them where they need to be. But it's almost, I don't know why it feels impossible to imagine that God is infinitely better than me as a parent. And he is doing the same Mm -hmm. as far as extending grace. Mm -hmm. I got issues, bro. I mean, we all do. We all do. And, And that's, that's, I think why these kind of conversations are important. I, I definitely do the same thing. I mean, I, I, you know, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I'll, I'll wonder about like that email that all my confirmation parents are, you know, they were supposed to get it on Wednesday and it's like Wednesday afternoon or it's Thursday morning. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And the reality <laughs> is like, no one is sitting around waiting for my email. Like mm-hmm. that's just, you know, it's just not, it's not on anybody's <laughs> radar. Right. So I would like to think that it is, but it's uh, not. Yeah. And, and you know, one thinking that it is, is, is pride. It's not mm-hmm. about me. And two, it's like, okay, well, you know, if I'm really going to fix that, sitting around feeling guilty about it isn't going to help me. That the guilt, the guilt is just the motivator to get the email done and not worry about it anymore. Yeah. You know? There's your feedback loop, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I know um, something that came out uh, this, I guess it'll be in the last two weeks when y'all are hearing this, but this past week for us was um, the... Uh, the, the, the Vatican, the Holy See, um, handed down, clarified, whatever you want to call it, um, some teaching on, um, on same-sex unions, same-sex marriages. And um, look, that's not, that's not our place to comment on church teaching, right? Like that's not really kind of what we're doing, saying that the church, if we're saying that the church is um, right or wrong or whatever, um, mm-hmm. the, the church is led by the Holy Spirit, and we believe that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And that our teaching uh, come down through the magisterium, um, which is the teaching arm of the church, um, comes from God, right? And so uh, that means that there's going to be things in there that we don't understand. There's going to be things in there that are really tough. There's going to be things in there that are mysterious. There's going to be things in there that um, are really hard hard to take and hard to digest. And... Uh, that's, I mean, we don't even have to get into the life of the church necessarily for that. We can just look at scripture. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, there's literally teachings on everything. Uh, Jesus is teaching about divorce, his teaching about the Eucharist, his teaching about children, right? Mm -hmm. In the, in the time that those things were brought up, they were really tough. They were really, and they're still tough. Those things are still tough. Um, whether or not something is tough or controversial or no matter the gravity of a particular sin doesn't change our responsibility to treat each other like Christ would, mm-hmm. would treat us. Right. Yeah. To love each other like God loved us. Um, I think that, uh, so many of us get so wrapped up in 
particular kinds of sins. I think right now it's sexual sin, mm-hmm. right? That we forget that on the other side of these uh, fences or lines or whatever that we draw um, are people. Mm-hmm. And they're people that are, they have the same desires to be in communion with God that we all have. Yeah. They have the same desires um, in their hearts to to be loved and to be uh, accepted for who they are and to be um, in this community of believers, a community of, of the body of Christ. They have that desire written in their hearts just like the rest of us do. And so for us to, um, for us to kind of look at at one sin as maybe more profound than another, or maybe look at like, you're guilty of this. And I know you're guilty of this because it's this like exposed sort of piece of Mm. society or, Mm -hmm. or piece of our culture right now. Um, then, then you can't, you can't have this like relationship with God in the same way that everybody else can. The reality is that's not what the church teaches right? The, the church teaches that everybody is welcome at the table of the Lord. Everybody is welcome to this relationship with God. It also teaches that there are certain things that we do, we can do in our lives to separate ourselves from God. Mm-hmm. And that is really hard. And even me saying that alienates some people. There's people listening to this and they say, well, you know, James, if you're talking about, you know, uh, same sex marriage or, or some kind of particular sin, then that rules me out. Mm -hmm. All that we can really say to that is that's not what God wants. God doesn't want you to be ruled out of anything. He wants communion. He wants 100% communion. He wants everybody to make a return to him. Um, and so for me, uh, without really getting into like what that teaching means, or maybe for us, I think the important thing for for us and for our ragamuffin listeners is that we understand that these conversations with God are difficult. Mm-hmm. And we understand that these conversations with God are, um, they have real, a really, really deep impact in our lives and in, in the lives of people that we love. Mm-hmm. And the church has to be more conscious of who the people are yeah. and what, what, um, what the people are really struggling with, the crosses that people are really carrying. And we have to respond to that. Yeah. Right. And see Uh, with compassion. Exactly. There, there, and, and compassion is the perfect word. It means suffering with. with. Yeah. And if we're not suffering with our neighbors, if we're not suffering with, um, you know, our, our family members, our friends, uh, you know, with each other, then our suffering's kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really do us a whole lot of good. Um, so I say that for a couple of reasons. One, you know, feeling um, disconnected, feeling lost, feeling like maybe the church doesn't love you or there's not a place for you is bad enough. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough. Fellow Christians, fellow Catholics, please don't pile on. Yeah. Please don't pile on to that. Because, um, one, it's not what Christ would do. It's not. Um, he, he would um, approach with compassion and mm-hmm. approach with the truth. Yeah. Right? Um, and and, and that, that truth comes from this place of really radical love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not like some 
new agey, like everybody gets a trophy kind of theory of Christianity, that's, that's looking at scripture and saying, what did Jesus do with people who were on the margins? What did Jesus do with people who the Sanhedrin, the, the Jewish authorities at the, at the time didn't care about? He, he literally went and had dinner with them mm-hmm. and told them that God loved them and told them that the kingdom of heaven was made for them. So radical. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know about you. Uh, well, I think I do know, but, <laughs> but for, I, I think for both of us, that tells us a lot about one, just how radical, uh, our God's love is. Mm-hmm. And then two, uh, and, and how, like how amazing that love is. And then two, that, that guilt plays such a small part in that equation. Yeah. Right. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's, that's from scripture. We're all, you know, we're all in the guilty boat. We're all kind of labeled guilty. Right. Um, so God is not like when, you know, if we look at scripture, you know, if, if Jesus were to show up today, like he's, you know, maybe he's dining at my house because I'm so, sinful because I'm so separated from him because I need his grace you because need I need his love. Right. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I just, I, I, I just don't think that, um, I just don't think that Christ wants us to be so focused on our guilt as mm-hmm. much as he wants us to focus on getting back to a relationship with God, the father. Yeah. And it's almost like getting back to the why. Why is there guilt? Because mm-hmm. this is where things are a little off. Okay, so here's an opportunity to mm-hmm. um, be repentant and, and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that he's just always, he's always there for us. He's always ready. Like we don't need to go looking for him. No, no, we don't. And 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 there's, man, there's so much freedom in that. Yeah, because we don't have to, because I think like with, with other things in my life, I'm like, oh, let me go clean up all this. And mm-hmm. then it's like, can I find what I was looking for later? Mm-hmm. And he's just always there. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we spend, we spend a lot of time, um, uh, a lot of time, I think, uh, you know, we, you think about Martha and Mary, right. Mm-hmm. But we spend a lot of time like kind of letting our guilt, uh, direct us down these other paths. It doesn't even really uh, feel like yeah. just distraction. Our guilt like gives us these other things to do, or maybe even like motivates us to find guiltiness in other people. Right. And so, and so that kind of a little bit like becomes our God almost. It becomes like, like, well, why do I, you know, uh, an idol of sorts. Yeah. 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 You know, why do, why do some, I mean, some people go to church so they can judge other people like that is, you know, that's the habit that it's become. Right. Yeah. And some people are really involved in church because it feels good to kind of look down their nose at maybe people who are struggling. I think kind of the lesson for today or the thing that the conclusion that we've come to with guilt is that it doesn't need to take up so much room in our lives. Yeah. I do feel like it, it does that for me for sure. Mm-hmm. Almost has its own personality. Mm-hmm. It's own little cubby in the mudroom is my guilt. Yeah. And, and I don't have a mudroom. That sounded really pretentious. What is a mudroom? <laughs> that like made my brain stop. What's a mudroom? You know, like, the little place where you drop your shoes so you don't bring them in the house so they're all muddy. Okay. You put your shoes, you put your purse, your wallet, your backpack. The stuff that you don't need in your house. Okay. You know. Okay. I feel like my guilt is big enough and has a personality of its own mm-hmm. that it has its own space. It has its own little coat hook, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I've got it. It's my constant companion this feels like a confessional 
I'm not really liking it too much. No, you're doing great. Guilt is my... You're doing great. I can't absolve <laughs> you at the end of this, but Dad you're doing it. great. Okay. Yeah. Um, make an appointment. But I think you're right. I, I think that we, we have to... I don't want to say compartmentalize because I think that that can kind of lead to us rationalizing behaviors that would normally make us feel guilty. So we've got to allow our guilt to apply to our lives when we need it. Yeah. But we've also got to be conscious of, you know, am I, am I allowing my guilt to kind of take over? Am I allowing my guilt to, to sort of overrun maybe... Mm other more appropriate emotions about what's going on. The power again, how much power are you how giving it? How much power am I giving? Am, am I, am I giving it? Right. And, yeah. and, and it, you know, if we just say, well, I'm not going to feel guilty about anything anymore. Well, that's, that's, I couple. that doesn't, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work. Right. That's, that's not going to, it's not going to solve anything. Um, but if we say I'm going to, you know, when I feel guilty, I'm going to, I'm going to recognize that I feel that way. I'm going to try to be intentional about recognizing that I feel that way. And I'm going to take steps to, um, to, to bring that guilt, to bring that, you know, whatever that feeling is to God Mm -hmm. and to be reconciled to him in a healthier way. I like that. When you were talking about feeling guilty, that the adjective, like a guilt, feeling the guilt, feeling guilty, I think an action item could be to be curious about it Mm -hmm. and start asking the questions of yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. why am I feeling that way? So that you can enter into the feedback loop Mm -hmm. and it doesn't just have its own space in your mudroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really, you're really kind of putting it to work then, right? You're really kind of putting it to good use. Yeah. It serves a purpose. Sure. Instead of just. Sure. Bull. Yeah. Um, so you said something, um, about, uh, we were talking about, uh, I don't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about like taking, making a consistent um, prayer time in your day. Mm-hmm. And you said something about, you know, keeping that appointment. And, and if you can't keep that appointment to yourself, that's really telling about, you know, do you view yourself as important? Are you important to yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, is that self-care really, you know, really a thing in your life? Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a, a great place to, a, a great way to kind of manage guilt, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you feel guilty um, and again, that's going to be that flag that you need to start asking the questions, like Get you just curious, said, yeah. to, to be, you know, to be curious about it. Don't stop with, with the curiosity. Mm-hmm. Don't stop with the questions. Um, feel not, not just obligated to yourself, but, but feel kind of empowered by yourself to, um, to maybe like really have a frank conversation mm-hmm. and to recognize that that frank conversation is like, it is okay. It is, yeah. it's, it's okay and it's safe and, and you can have that conversation worth it with yourself and you're worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's it. like a L'Oreal commercial or something. You're <laughs> worth it. You're worth it. For sure. Baby. For sure. Um, I, I feel, I feel good about this episode. I do too. I do too. I, I do too. Cause I feel like we took the, the guilt and shame, which I sometimes, I very often don't know what to do with other than go, <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. And we're giving it a place where, where it's functional Mm -hmm. and not overly powerful, but has just the right amount of power Mm -hmm. so that we can use it Mm -hmm. to our advantage. Absolutely. And, and we can use it to our advantage in a, in both a person, in a personal way. Mm -hmm. And we can also use it to our community's advantage by maybe changing the way that we, we look at others, changing Mm -hmm. the way that we, um, 
you know, the, the things that we allow ourselves to think, to oh assume gosh. about other people. Guess what I did? What's that? As far as judging people at church. Oh, I did a big one. It was so bad. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I was so embarrassed I'd have to share it. Okay, so I see this friend who mm-hmm. comes, who's at mass, and I see her leave before the closing song is even started. I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I can't believe mm-hmm. she's leaving before. You know, and I'm thinking some thoughts, right? And then when I walked over to the Family Center for Life Teen, she left early because she was cooking for her life teen. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm the worst. No, you're not the worst. Oh. You're not the worst. Don't worry. See what the judging gets you. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of guilt and shame. Lots of guilt and shame. Oof. You're not the worst. Um, and you're certainly not the first person to think that about someone that leaves mass early. So a couple things there. One, don't, don't. leave mass early. It's not over. <laughs> it's not over. I'm not saying that from a judgy place. I'm just saying mass isn't over. And you deserve all those graces that come with the final blessing and being sent forth on a mission right after mass. Cause that's what the final blessing is. It sends you forth, uh, two, um, you know, if you're like, if you're in, and this is not to make anybody feel guilty. I just realized it's going to make oh my people gosh. feel guilty. If you're I'm ready, if you're maybe if you're in mass and you're distracted by what someone else is doing, uh-huh. maybe reevaluate how, how you can better be engaged with what's going on with your conversation with God yeah. in mass. Right take a look at that conversation and say, I want to go a little deeper. I want to not be distracted. And you know, if, if there's like, like regardless of what's going on, there's that little, there's a kid crying in the back that mm-hmm. like just has been crying all mass. And you find yourself like really sort of captivated by that kid crying. Captivated. Know, That's is, a good one. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. There is, there is, you know, a lot to be said for thinking about that and going, you know, why can't I, why, why, what is it about that? That's really distracting me and God, I'd like to be more in contact with mm. you or God, I'm, I'm really annoyed by this little kid crying or that's kicking Help the pew me behind me. Help me out. And I'd really like to just put that on the altar right now because oh, wow, that's good. Because, uh, if not, I'm gonna, you know, leave, what you gonna do? I'm going to leave early at best. Oh my right? God. <laughs> right. Is that how you talk to God? I talk to God kind of like as if I'm Medea. <laughs> You're Medea? Is that just, oh yes. my goodness. I'm like, Jesus, help me. I don't even know if that's how Medea talks, but but like that. Like I have a whole lot of attitude uh-huh. in my in the um in the the Nikki in the brain. Nikki in the brain. That talks to okay. God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, she's real sassy. I and she's can only me, imagine. So I don't know what I'm talking about. I can only me and imagine. third person. Yeah. I can only imagine. But sometimes, you know, I get so distracted mm-hmm. that it has to take another character <laughs> in my head. Like a, like a like, cartoon version of yourself? get, Jesus, help me here. I am so distracted. Uh-huh. Make me, get me in tune with you right now. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And just regular Nikki voice doesn't work sometimes. I understand that. I need I get that. a firmer. Maybe it's also like my grandmother. My deceased grandmother, who is super duper sassy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's her voice I'm hearing. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely hear both my grandmothers and I hear, I guess I hear both my grandfathers too. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, they're, 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 they, they have some expectations. Yeah. Put that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. My grandmother was yeah. that church lady. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
We are going to oh uh, come back. Is that okay? Yes, if it we are, is. We're going to come back with some tips on how you can um, maybe make uh, guilt a little more of a tool for mm. helping you to draw closer to God. Um, but maybe uh, more practically, how we can um, we can maybe control it a little bit and not let it... Uh, take up so much room in our lives, which we've already kind of talked about, but just in some kind of practical steps. So we will be right back with some tips for you. We've been skipping those, uh, but we don't want to do that this week because we feel guilty about it. (laughs) So uh, we'll be right back in just a minute. Peace. (laughs) You're funny. We are back uh, with some fun tips for, well, I don't know how fun they are. They're going to be pretty fun, actually. I was just going to say they're going to be awesome. Uh, with some tips that hopefully uh, you all can use, that we can use um, to, I guess, more appropri- appropriately uh, use the gift of guilt, um, use that that, wow. that emotion uh, to just make us better people, to make us um, you know focus on God a little better and, and, and maybe even uh, work on some of that stuff that's keeping us feeling guilty mm-hmm. uh, in our lives as opposed to just kind of wallowing in that guilt that we can kind of use it as a, a motivator to move forward. Um, I think I'm going to ask Nikki to go first. Is that, is that cool? I feel a little distracted by your fun tips about guilt. Do we need, I'm very distracted. Do we need by like that. a do we need like a theme song in the background? It just feels like an oxymoron moment where you're like, wait, how in the world are we gonna have a fun tip? I understand about guilt. I'm feeling guilty about the fact that did you just need to turn down the thing? Because no. it might be too loud. No, you're good. How about maybe a tip you can feel good about? How about that? A is that tip better? You can feel good about. Is that is that better? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? That is better. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, my tip is when the feeling of guilt Mm -hmm. is arising to be curious. Yeah. To be curious, allow that curiosity to, um, almost like an invitation to a, a chess game with God. Is that what I'm going to say? Yeah. Like invite him into the conversation and figure out what the, what that feeling is about to address the root cause of whatever it is that's going on in your life, because there is a root cause. Certainly. Certainly. Um, so I can, uh, I think maybe kind of piggyback off that a little bit. So when we have those feelings, I think sometimes it's easy for those feelings to kind of spiral, right? And it's easy oh, for it's for easy sure. for guilt to to kind of overwhelm us. Um, and so a way that we might, um, if you're if you hear Nikki's tip and you're like, how do you do that? Because it, it maybe it's tough to kind of make that leap, right? Mm. Um, for me, something that really helps. Remember the movie um, Apollo thirteen? Mm-hmm. Um, Tom where, Hanks. With Tom Hanks, where they're they're coming, they're, they've finally gotten. Um, they've got their, their ship kind of fixed. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, but they, they have to kind of reorient their course. And so Tom Hanks says, says, if I can keep the earth kind of in this window, right. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't have my electronic instruments, if I can keep the earth kind of in this window, uh, and just, you know, run these engines for a certain amount of time, I can kind of get us going in the right, on the right path where we need to go. So, um, my tip is to, is, is, okay. So when you start to feel those feelings of guilt and maybe you're wondering how to, um, how to kind of keep them in their place and keep them functional as like a, 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 a tool, right. Yeah. Um, find a place and it might be as simple as, you know, 
um, putting a taping a picture up on your mirror or, or changing the background oh, on your phone. Yeah. Find something that that when you feel guilty, when you feel like maybe ashamed, right, uh, that you can look at and kind of ground yourself in your love for God. So something that represents mm-hmm. God's love to you, that that reminds you I how like how loved you are, uh, and so that you can kind of operate from this healthier mindset of God loves me, but there's there's kind of something to deal I with here. Work on this, so, yeah. I'm, so I'm going to work on this not only. Um, not only because I want, I don't want God to be mad at me, but because God loves me. Right. right. Well, it kind of goes along with what we've said so many times before, like just holding his gaze, mm-hmm. like yeah. putting earth in that uh, window is, is kind of keeping God in that gaze, even through the muck. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So, so be, be curious, be curious about what those feelings mean. Um, uh, and then find, you know, find a way to kind of stay grounded. Uh, I also think maybe it's important considering we're talking about guilt. If you, if you feel like, uh, at any point your guilt is overwhelming, please reach out to someone and talk, mm-hmm. reach out to someone that you trust, reach out to someone that, um, that, you know, will have your, your best interests in mind. Uh, because guilt can be a really difficult thing as we've talked about today to just, to just deal with. It can it, just be tough. And, and it and, snowballs. I feel like it, yeah. it, it spirals quickly. And we need, we need each other to kind of get through that. Well, and I think that the, for me, at least this past year has been eye opening in the sense of bringing, um, the yucky stuff, the guilt, the sin, the things that I don't want to talk about into the light Mm -hmm. so that the enemy doesn't have control over it or power over, over it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think talking to a friend, talking to your priest, your pastor, um, is, could be hard, Mm -hmm. but it's also super, uh, healing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And good. Absolutely. All right. Ragamuffins, we love you. We're going to pray and, uh, and get out of get here. out of here and uh, we hope that you will uh, pray with us and we hope that you will uh, maybe see um, maybe see guilt in a, in a little bit of a different way yeah let's pray in the name in of the, the Father the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen our Father, our Father who, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Ragamuffins. We love you. We're praying for you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and a wonderful spring break, if you're still on spring break when you're hearing this. Enjoy. Enjoy. Peace. Peace. to Church Podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. 
Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by The Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder you are good, you are worthy, you are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.